hey, you know, growing up, I don't know your story, but I know mine, and I didn't really, growing up, need a functional living Savior. Say, Dex, what a prideful thing to say. No, 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 I needed a Savior, but it was okay that he died and sacrificed for me. You know, almost like I can think of it like this. I can think of it like, okay, there's a, you're, you're, you're standing in the middle of a road and you're not looking the right direction and there's this amazingly huge truck barreling down the road. And, whoa, act of love and sacrifice. This guy named Jesus jumped and pushed me out of the way. And then the truck hit him. He died an incredible sacrifice that I might live. How's the story? Well, it's awesome. So, substitution. I mean, he saved me. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I get it. But that's, I call it almost memorial Christianity. Like, I remember what Jesus has done. I will live my life in an exemplary way in order to please him and his memory. You know, he's got a dad, and his dad is saving people based on the sacrifice that he did, and he's applying it to people, and I want to make sure I'm in the right camp there, that I get the application of that uh, um, um, sacrifice. I don't want to be shipped out. I better shape up. And, and God the Father, you know, he hates your sin. But if you're really sorry, and if you try your best not to sin anymore, he's going to apply the sacrifice of his son's death to you. Man, it makes logical sense. Oh, I'm so like, hey, I get that. And, and, and I can live in such a way to try and make sure that, you know, with, with my good response and, 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 and the the sacrifice of this perfect Lamb of God that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get where, to where God is. What's wrong with that? Logical. <laughs> Sounds great. Here's the problem. It's not the message. God gave us this message. What it actually says is important. It actually is the hope that we have. Right? I, he, he, he's alive. And I'm forgiven is the message. He's alive. I mean, that's why we come and we worship. I mean, especially on Easter, we say, hey, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And then we try and, like, hey, you know, we try and make up reasons why it's especially important. But, but I'll tell you what, it's the message. He's alive. What does that mean? Why is that great? The song I grew up with, I don't know, I'm dating myself. You can go Google it. Don Francisco, remember that song? It says, he's alive, my sin's forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. I can tap to that all day. This is why today's the day for rejoicing. Our Savior is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Say, why is that such great, fabulous news? Here's why. It's not about you. It's not about how great you're being for God. It's not about making sure you got the right response. It's not about those things. It's about a Savior who actually is alive now. Right? It's not about my honoring and my valuing and my proving and my pleasing. It's not about me. My salvation is about the heart that Jesus Christ, who's alive, has for me and what he does. So I want to tell three quick stories today to kind of pull this point home. But they're all based on, on, on this because it says it all over the Bible. But here, here's one from John's 
gospel in John 5. It says, the father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son. Talked about Jesus, right? Who's alive now? He's the judge. And then it goes on. I skipped a couple verses, but it says, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is here when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. Hey, if you're gathered here today, you've heard the voice of the Son of God who's calling and saying to you, I've done it. I don't care what else you have in your life. It's about me and my heart for you, Jesus says. And I want to show you how incredible that is. What an amazing reality it is. Because Jesus is alive, he decides. And he invites you. He invites me. And, and not like if you improve, if you really act like you're sorry for all the bad things you've done, if you promise now to be a different life, or, or man, if, if you'll accomplish something, because that's what I say to you for you to get something done. No, you got it all backwards. So three stories today. Bring home your heart. Right? Easter is the best because Jesus is alive and he's our hope. So one story before the cross, one story on the cross, and one story after the cross. And I want to start with before the cross. The story you might know We'll hit him briefly. Jesus has the power and he saves by forgiveness that he gives. Not improvement on your part. Okay, here it is. This is the paralytic. Now, you remember the story. I'll read it to you, but you know it's... I want you to pay attention to the language. What's being said by Jesus? Okay, here it is. So they came. This guy has friends. These four friends, supposedly, carrying a a, a paralytic, it says. That means somebody that can't walk. You can't get to Jesus. There's no way. And Jesus has crowds all around him, and Jesus is teaching, and and he's about his business. And so it says there in Mark chapter 2, early in Jesus' ministry, they came bringing to Jesus a paralytic carried by four men. When they couldn't get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they made an opening... They let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. <laughs> You've undoubtedly heard this before. But if you haven't, it's like, oh, they took off roof tiles, so they opened a big hole in the roof. Thanks a lot, says the homeowner. But then they, they lowered the guy in, right? And he's sitting there. Da, da. He's got to get to Jesus. It's, just, it's amazing. And Jesus saw their faith. And he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven shocking amazing wonderful you know do do, you you know what the paralytic did he sat there like literally because that's all he could do right that that's what he's doing he's out other people are doing things for him let's get him to jesus they're thinking great healer maybe he'll get well so they break him on the roof they let him down and jesus looks at him and he says this is cool i like this it's not a comment on the great faith of the friends, like somehow your faith can, heal, can, can save somebody else. It's a comment on Jesus who says, I forgive your sins. Come on, you guys. What does that have to do with anything? They're lowering him down so that he'll get healed. And Jesus says, I forgive your sins. Of course, we know, you know, right? That's so much more. That God would forgive your sins and Jesus says it because he can do it. 
I don't know what the guy's sins were, but the paralytic didn't even ask. His faith was nothing. And, and, and what you need, what you need is the reality that God forgives your sin. Does he? Does he? Now, they don't like that, the people sitting there. So I, I, that's what they said there in verse 6, right? Some of the scribes are sitting there. They're questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's Jesus. He's God. He knows this. Jesus immediately perceiving in his spirit that they question within themselves. He said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? What's easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? Well, you could say it's a ton easier to say your sins are forgiven because who actually knows if it's happened? He could lie. But if he's not a liar, then of course that's like only God forgives sin. Jesus is forgiving sin. And Jesus wants to make sure they don't think he's lying. He says, but you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, get up, pick up your bed, go home. And he did. Wow. The Son of Man has authority. Literally, that word authority means ability. He has the power nobody else does. Oh, we forgive each other. We try to, but man, I'm an elephant. I remember somebody did something to me in grade school. I got your number, man. (laughs) I forgive you. Yeah, right. (laughs) Till I can use it in an argument again. (laughs) I try. We try. We do our best. But, But the reality is, God is the one who actually forgives. And so Jesus did, right? He, he, he did it here. He was forgiving. That's the thing. He wasn't even going to enable the man to walk. He wasn't going to empower him to go be able to get up and do stuff. He was just going to forgive him. He said, this is so cool. I love that you guys did this. What an amazing thing. Hey, your sins are forgiven. How could he say that? Because he's Jesus. He decides. He's the one, right? It's not like, well, you know, uh, thankfully you've completed your 14-point uh, repentance program and you've proven to me that you're doing great things and you've, man, you're, no, it's just, he just has a heart to do it. Okay. Th- this is the one, right? He's got the power, the authority, the ability to wipe out your sin. He's the one that lived without sin. He's the one who fulfilled the law. He's the one who has the Father break open heaven, right? Remember the the, the heaven broke open and the dove came down and this voice came saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is the man who's our hope and he's God. This is why the resurrection's awesome. He's still alive. This is the one who's betrayed and abandoned and crucified and to the very end does not falter. Who cries, it is finished on the cross. Well, on the cross, let's talk about that for a minute. That's the second story. Because he went to the cross, we know it's a story, it's the cross, right? Jesus went to the cross for us, he died. For, for most of us, that's kind of the big thing. Is, and it's a great big thing, don't get me wrong. It's huge. But... The resurrection is not just proof that the cross worked. We have a living Savior 
There he is on the cross. He's been convicted unjustly. He's been beaten and torn and spit upon. There are thorns on his brow. His back is torn up like hamburger. His nails, not his nails, the nails that went through his wrists and through his ankles. And he's up there with literal criminals, right? Like literally there's a criminal over here and a criminal over there and they deserve it. And, and, and he's there, innocent. The two guys right there mocking him. Hey, if you're a savior, save yourself. Kind of join in. That, that's kind of the story. So one of the criminals that were hanging were out there, right? This is Luke's gospel, chapter 23. One of the criminals who were hanging there with him railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself. Us too. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? Why are you, why are you laying stuff on him? Is, you're, you're up here for your own reasons. And we indeed justly, this guy said, for, for receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man's done nothing wrong. And then this thief on the cross says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Okay. I just want with the language for a minute. Because what we make this about is, oh, look at the great faith of this guy. Oh, if I could only have faith like, what faith? It's like grasping at a straw. He's dying. No, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Do you have any problem with that statement? This is my Savior talking, right? There's not, there's not a statement of, 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 and I promise I will stop sinning. No statement, I pledge myself to you. Jesus, if you will take me into your kingdom, I will be your most, most, most vociferous servant if you don't know what vociferous is, that's okay. It just means noisy. Right? There's none of that. There's just this appeal that he might be remembered. It sounds like the publican in Luke 18. You know that story that Jesus told? We don't even know if it's true about the, the tax collector who goes up and he's like, oh, thank you for making me a great person, Jesus, God. And, and, and then the, the publican comes up and just says, have mercy on me. I got nothing. Would you remember me, Jesus? Will you consider with me? That's amazing. That it's Jesus is the one who decides. He goes through this for us. He went to the cross for us. He died for us. He loves us. He's proved it over and over. He's amazing. And he's the one who decides. And I want to show you this little clip from Alistair Begg. I can't do the, I hope it works because I just can't do the Scottish accent. And it's cool. I could listen to him all day. So video, let's, let's take a look at this. It starts pretty quick, so ready? Here it is. Maybe I will be doing my Scottish accent. <laughs> think about the thief on the cross. What a mess. I can't, I, I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were, you were, you were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You've never been in a Bible study. You've never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and, yet, and yet, 
You made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because I, I don't know. Well, you know, when, uh, uh, did, You go get a supervisor, Angel. So, we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you are you are you are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, "I've never heard of it in my life." And and what about? Uh, let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy just uh, and eventually in frustration he says, on, "On what basis are you?" And he said, "The man." Isn't that it? The man on the middle cross said I could come. The, the man on the middle cross said is today you'll be with me in paradise. And, and, and as, as you and I go down and we go down in death for our own sins because we've sinned, we die, all of us. It is not how much you know. It's not how good you've been. It's not if you've pleased God somehow enough. He's already pleased. He's offered you heaven. And the man on the middle cross says, you can go. He's alive. Do you trust this living God, the man on the middle cross? Because he has the power to make it so. And he proclaims, you're forgiven. He says it. You know, you and I, we're the, we're the criminal. We throw ourselves on his, on his mercy. We trust him because he's paid it all, and he lives, and he invites you in. How do we know? Well, I want to consider one last passage. It's after the cross. And that's, that's uh, the disciples. Because Jesus died, right? He didn't stay dead. And, and we've been through this in prior Easter's. That might not be good news. What do you mean it's not good news? Well, it didn't appear to be good news for Peter. Right? Can you follow me just for a second and think, okay, here's the guy. I said, I, I promised you, Jesus, I will never forsake you. Jesus, I'm with you all the way. And then that third crow of the rooster, and he's running and abandon him. And so he feels terrible, I'm sure. Jesus actually never got to see him again, for he died on the cross. And then here comes the news. He's alive. Bummer. He's going to get me. I messed up. I, I'm not who I should be. I, I, I know, I'm, and, so, and so we could tell the story of how Jesus went and got Peter. He showed up when Peter had left and gone fishing again. He showed up and said, Peter, I want you. I love you. I'm, he went to Peter. He went and found the lost one. Because that's what God does. We can, tell stories. we can tell stories about Thomas. Remember Thomas? Thomas the doubter. Why? Because like, I, he, he happened to miss when Jesus came and appeared to the disciples. He's like, well, I mean, I'm not even sure you guys saw it. And, and boy, if, unless I see the actual holes, <coughs> who shows up? Jesus. Hey, Thomas, feel him. Whoa! He went and got him. This is the living Jesus that forgives us and is for us. And he's not like, well, fine, Thomas. You're not going to believe that I died for you? Well, forget it. <laughs> no. No, what I want to talk about, that, that he's for us, he forgives us. This is where 
This is where the life is. This is where the meat is. In the care and love that Jesus Christ has for us. Why this is good news that he's alive. The dead man can't care for you. So I would take you to it for you and me because it's the last words Jesus gave. You know, we read the last words Jesus gave in Mark as our scripture reading. I don't know if you realize that's the last words in Mark. There's a few more verses there that were added later. But those verses in Mark in the end, it ends with everyone afraid. Because they haven't seen Jesus again. They just go, oh, he's died. Maybe, maybe he's a ghost. What is it? But very clearly, he's alive. Because he comes to the disciples, and he has a meet him on the mountain, and he, he, he meets him one more time before he rises into heaven from the Mount of Olives. And he gives them this, there's a little story there when he gathers them. You know it, it's called the Great Commission. It's the end of Matthew. Let's look at it. So it says there in Matthew 28, verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. I believe that's the mountain he's going to take off to heaven from. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came, and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It is the Great Commission. I'll tell you the truth. Most of us skip this line, and we skip the last line, and we just look in the middle. But you've got to know the frame, because that's the story. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. That authority word is the same word we use for the paralytic. It's the same word that's all over. It's ecstasy. It just means power. All power has been given to me. What power? He's not talking about healing people from their disease. He's talking about forgiving their sins. I've got the power. Jesus, our living Savior, says it's been given to me. This is what Jesus is talking about. So he appears to his disciples, and that's his believers, his followers, and some of them worship, and some are doubting, like all of us. We struggle to believe, but it isn't about the strength of our belief. Like, that's another work. It's about the reality of what Jesus Christ has done. And he declares it right here. All authority has been given to me. It is finished. There is no more work to be done to secure your salvation. There's nothing else that needs to be decided for me to declare to your sins are forgiven. I, I, again, I, I could pull in tons of verses. Let me just pull. The Father, John 3 says, loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. Not into your hand. Into His hand. The power to forgive sins, to take people into the kingdom. I don't have that. My belief doesn't accomplish that any more than your good works or your kindnesses or your giving or your church attendance. Nothing. It's not a work. Jesus has the power. He says, I have the power. I'm forgiving people. That's your marching orders. This is a great commission, right? What do I mean, Great Commission? Because that's, that's what it says. So go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's Jesus. Those are the last words. And then it's gone. Not just my paper. He, 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 the, 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 the scripture closes down, right? He's done. That's it finished we make a big deal of those participles 
Go, therefore, on your way. You know, I, make disciples. Baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. We make a big deal. That's, that's okay. As long as you understand what it is you're doing. Why it's such great news that Jesus says this. Because what you're actually doing is saying to people, you're forgiven. I know this living Savior. He paid everything for you. You can go to heaven. All you do is trust him. Trust in something he's, he's done. He's alive. He's got you. He's not letting you go. It's not about you chipping in. That, that's not, because it's not about, oh, how well are you observing all that Jesus commanded? He commanded you to abide in him. He commanded you to trust him. He commanded you to say, hey, I've got this. Accept it. <coughs> and then that last line, the very last word he said. Can you look at it there on the screen? Behold, I am with you always, even to the end. Dead Savior doesn't do that. The guy who pushed me out of the way of the truck doesn't do that. He may have saved me from that moment, but then there's all the other moments that are up to me. And Jesus says explicitly to you today, I am with you always. He's alive. He's with me in my sorrows. He's with me in my successes. He's with me in the things that I do. He's with me in the things I don't do. He doesn't abandon me for anything. He's always there. That frees me, you know. That allows me to stand because no matter what, my Savior's with me. And he's the one that said I can come. The guy on the middle cross, he said I could come. I'm the criminal on the cross that I shouldn't come. But whenever someone's asked, what can I, well, I just go because Jesus told me I could. And he said he's never leaving me or forsaking me. He's with me forever. That's a living Savior. That's, that's the three stories today. They're about why I rejoice that Jesus Christ is alive. Because he has the power. And it's his work to forgive. He forgives me. It's not mine. You and I, we get to be in this amazing reality. It is the, re the real thing, right? That Jesus Christ is for us every moment. It takes faith because we don't see it. I can't see it. I, I, I get it. I get it that it's hard. Jesus said that, by the way. Jesus said, hey, blessed are you who don't see and believe. It's not about seeing. It's about whether it's true. That's so important for you and me as we stand this Easter because we can fear what we don't understand. We don't understand how God would love me. I actually don't understand the empty tomb, how Jesus rose from the dead. I don't get how he's with me all the time. I don't see it. I certainly don't feel it. It can't be about that, right? It's got to be what the truth actually is. And this is our faith. Jesus Christ has the power, and he forgives you and me. God, who is love, actually does love you as you are. Not on the basis of what we have done or will do, but only on the, forever on the basis of what he has done and, and what he has finished. He gets to do that. Why does he get to do that? Because he did it all. Well, watch out for those who want to make this more complicated, please, precious church. Make it about what you're doing. You know, you, you got you to bring the world in. That's what happens. I, I'll earn it a little bit, right? I mean, I'll pay him back a little. 
I think God wants something from me. I just got to find it. I'm searching to see what God wants from me, so I'll do it. Why? He's with you. You'll get done what he wants you to do. It'll be on your heart. You'll have the desires. God's, I think sometimes, I think that God's a maximizer, you know? He's a matching gift guy. God's going to give you this if you'll do this, you know, and so he'll give you, hey, 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 it's worth it because if you do this, you'll, you'll get triple back. Why is that wrong? It's not wrong in the world. It's wrong because Jesus Christ already did it all. There is nothing for you to do for your salvation. Nothing. You're free. You're free to go love somebody today. You're free to go bless somebody today. You're free to like, wow, do you know Jesus did it all? Let me, let me bless you. You're, you're free to actually live your life and actually live it as you are. Why? Because Jesus said, you can go. Trust him. That's the whole freeing aspect of what we're doing this morning. We're, we're accepting that Jesus Christ is alive and he's already paid and he's already accomplished and he has the power and he has the desire to get you. You need a gospel community around you that says that because the world, a lot of churches are putting it on us like he loves you when you're good and kind, kind of like Santa Claus. Or his goal is to make you better. That's not about dying and being resurrected. That's about life to better life. That's, that's not the gospel. Instead, it's finished, and we rejoice because he has done it. We have strength to stand because he declares to you and me, and we remind ourselves that it's finished. Our hope is in his heart for us, his decision, his power. He's alive for us, and we were lost, but we're found. Not by becoming good at being found, but because we have a seeker who delights to find the lost. Hey, live there with me, will you? And rejoice because he is risen. Oh, one more time. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And that's the best news you can ever have. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you're alive. Thank you that your son is alive, Father. We bow before you who loves us and gave, gave us your son. We know you did, Lord, but we pray even now that we might trust it the work that you've done, the declaration that you've made, the message that you have resonate in your pages of scripture. Lord, we might have it driven into our heart by your spirit, that it might free us, that we might be ourselves and trust, Lord, that you have had us from the very beginning. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. It's in your name we pray. Amen.